This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You Show with Edo Kosilski and Fagy Stern. And it's a beautiful good morning, a very cold good morning. In fact, I think I would like to move somewhere into the Middle East where it's about 30 degrees right now. Hope everybody is staying safe and staying well. We are on the Healthy You, Wealthy You show and together with Fagy. Good morning, Fagy. Good morning, Adol. How are the stress levels in Pleasantburg Bay? (laughs) (laughs) They're wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. For those listeners out there, no, I didn't flout anything. I got stuck here before the lockdown. We're trying to get back, and uh, now I was actually listening to the news, thinking, well, we're going to motor back, and now there seems to be fuel shortages. So goodness knows when (laughs) (laughs) we're going to make it it back home. But in the meantime, I've actually learned a lot, Faggy, being a little bit out of the the, the stress centers, um, particularly like Johannesburg, um, during this time that there there is life. There is life outside corona, and there is life outside fuel sh- shortages and grocery shortages that, you know, God's still running the world. And, uh, and there definitely is light at the end of that tunnel. We just need to get there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think today we're going to have a fascinating conversation, a very needed conversation, and that is the conversation about stress. Um, there is no question that it doesn't matter how calm you are, how, how put together you are, or how, how you try to be put together – um, you know, there's a pervading stress that is invading the very spaces of our minds, of our hearts, of our souls, of our families, of our communities. And um, I was actually watching a, uh, a, a YouTube about people that had been hospitalized with COVID. Very interestingly, it's, it's come out from the CDC. And it talks about the fact that um, 29 or 30% of people who were hospitalized um, with COVID was, su- was suffering from anxiety and from fear, and that exacerbated um, the entire, you know, progression of the illness. Obviously, there's also comorbidities and underlying diseases, but certainly anxiety and fear is playing a very, very big part. And so today, Peggy and I have decided to bring on the one and only Dr. Riaz Matara, a well-known Jobic cardiologist, and we are going to be discussing the physiology of stress, and what things we can do in order to try and maintain some type of equilibrium. We welcome your questions, uh, your comments on 34519 on 061-895-1019, and we will be back soon after this. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. And today we are going to be discussing stress with Dr. Riaz Matara. He is a Johannesburg-based cardiologist with a specific interest in cardiac endocrinology and preventative cardiology. He's also the pioneer behind the first women's heart clinic in South Africa. Thank you, Dr. Matara, for your valuable time and welcome to the show. Good morning, Adel. Good morning, Fagi. Good morning, Dr. Matara. Good morning to all the listeners out there. Right, let's let's start unpacking this this thing called stress because just saying the word stress makes you feel stressed. <laughs> I think that before we actually start working out how we can deal with the stress, can you maybe enlighten us and our listeners as to what is the physiology of stress? What does stress do to our body? How do we define it? Yeah, so I think we, as you say, uh, Adel, we have to go back to understanding how our body responds to stress. What actually happens when we are faced with such a lot of stress 
like we are now. As if COVID wasn't enough, you know, now we have all the uh, rioting as well. So we have to go back and understand how the nervous system in our body is structured. So we have a central nervous system, which is our brain and spinal cord. And then we have something called the peripheral nervous system, which is made up of the nerves that go everywhere in our body, and something very important called the autonomic nervous system. And it's called the autonomic nervous system because it's really automatic in nature. So right now as we're talking and we're listening to the show, we're not consciously asking our heart to beat at 60 or 70 beats per minute, or for our thyroid to work, or for our tummy to make a little bit of acid. Something is happening in the background that controls all these functions in our body. And that's called the autonomic nervous system. And that's then broken down into a stress and an anti-stress nervous system called the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And this stress system is controlled by stress hormones like adrenaline that makes our heart rate go up, uh, our palms may start sweating, we feel anxious, we have palpitations, uh, and so on. That's our fight, flight, and fright response. The opposite system is the parasympathetic nervous system or anti-stress or rest system. And that's controlled by two anti-stress hormones from the same adrenal glands called cortisol and something called DHEA. Now, cortisol is our natural cortisone. Okay? All of us as adults are meant to be making the equivalent of a 7.5 milligram cortisone tablet naturally in our body every day. And these two nervous systems have to be balanced. When we faced with too much stress for too long, the adrenaline levels are always high and the anti-stress nervous system can't cope and can't make enough of the anti-stress hormones and that goes down. And that's what we medically call sympathetic overdrive, too much adrenaline in the system. And that's what then creates all the symptoms typically of what we would call anxiety or a lower immunity or chronic fatigue. So, uh, it, you know, it all goes back. Acute stress is a good thing because it saves our life, like when a lion is about to kill you. But when it's chronic and low-grade and over a long period of time, this is what is going to affect the physiology of our body. Right. Very interesting. So, like, cortisone isn't a bad thing. It's something that, 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 that's helping regulate. It's interesting, though, like as you're talking that lots of times you hear so many people being on synthetic cortisone. Is that because there's just such an overdrive in the body? No. So initially what happens, uh, Fadi, is that, uh, and Edel, is that when we faced with stress for the first time, our cortisol levels will go up to help balance the high adrenaline. And that's a good thing. Okay? Right. But when the stress is chronic and long-term, our body can't keep pace with making these high cortisol levels, and then they eventually do go down, okay, which is not necessarily a good thing for our body because we can't mount that cortisol response 
every time our adrenaline goes up. And this is why we will find that, uh, you know, doctors will prescribe cortisone for conditions such as asthma and arthritis and eczema and so on. So the cortisone helps support the inflammation, reduces the inflammation uh, and so on. But for us, the vast majority of people who don't have these chronic conditions, we have to rely on our body's own mechanisms to produce enough of that cortisone naturally in our body every day to help us cope with the stresses that we face in our daily life. Now, it's when those stresses and are there chronically that our body can't cope. So then clearly there's stuff that we have to do daily in order to manage that cortisone level. Right. So, you know, it's it's not so much about the cortisol level per se, uh, Fadi, as much as it is about the adrenaline levels. You know, there is no magic medication that we can use to reduce adrenaline in our body. The only way that you reduce the adrenaline levels are through the behavioral tools that we have to help us reduce it in an acutely stressful situation. And this is where things like meditation or particular breathing exercises come into play to help us reduce the adrenaline levels and helping us learn the tools to cope with stress. It's so interesting because the other day I went for a walk with a friend of mine and we were walking around the corner and clearly there was all this rioting going on around Johannesburg and uh, we're busy walking and trying to de-stress and a woman rolls down her window and she starts screaming at us, do you ladies know what's going on out there? <laughs> you know, the, we, we're trying to de-stress and go for a walk and calm ourselves down and the levels of stress are just unbelievable. Yeah, I, at the moment, it's it's absolutely insane, right? I think, you know, if you look at prior to COVID, we were already dealing with a certain level of stress. Then lockdowns came and COVID and all the fear around death from COVID and knowing people that had died from COVID um, and ongoing lockdowns and financial stress for people. And now we have political uncertainty uh, in the country as well. But I think it's not just a South African problem. I think it's a global problem uh, at the moment. And it's how we respond rather than react to the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now. Absolutely. And I think after the break, we've got to talk about perspective. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're talking with Dr. Riaz Matara about stress. And, Doctor, just before the break, we were talking about the fact, and I think a very important one, that it's just not about that we're living in South Africa and South Africa's in turmoil. The whole world is in turmoil, whether it is, I mean, across the world, there's the, the, the pandemic of COVID, there's fires, there's floods, there's buildings collapsing. Like, this world is maddening. And I think I'd like, like to maybe go down the path of discussing two things. One is perspective, because I think that, you know, we need to gain some type of perspective on how to manage what, what information is coming into us. And then after we've discussed perspective, I want to talk about the idea of control. Because I think that that has a lot to do with our our anxiety level. So let's let's go to perspective. Um, 
you know, what, what, how does one maintain perspective um, in, in this maddening world? Yeah, so I think the important uh, thing is, you know, to build resilience, um, you know, individually. And there's a few tools that we can perhaps use uh, to help us in these times because it's one stress after the other stress all the time. You know, and the first thing that we can do is to cultivate a belief in our ability to cope. You know, it's it's to look inward, you know, put your hand on your heart and, um, you know, give yourself a hug, give yourself some love and look inward to find the solutions and to find answers to the stress that we're experiencing. You know, the second thing that we can do is stay connected to sources of support. So fortunately, I mean, I was just listening to what you said before the break for people who have lost uh, loved ones. This is the time where we have to find our support mechanisms and lean on other people. But more importantly, if we can help other people deal with stress, it helps us also deal with the stress in an easier way. So we need to get to the sense of community, whether it is to the synagogues or the churches or the mosques or the community organizations. You know, we have to reach out uh, to people who are living alone, people who are uh, perhaps don't have those support mechanisms and reach out to them uh, as much as we can uh, and give that uh, support. The third thing that we can do is to actually talk about how we are feeling. When we store these fears and these emotions at the level of the subconscious, it's like a bucket of water that's filling up, filling up, filling up, and eventually it's going to tip over. And that's the acute anxiety attack or the, or the panic attack. So it's important to talk about our feelings, look inward, um, you know, find uh, the support mechanisms that around us and, and talk about how we are feeling. Uh, the other thing that we can do is to try and seek meaning in all of this, what all of, all of these difficult things that's happening in the world. I think this um, rioting that we're going through now is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much, as you said earlier, going around in the world that we are concerned about so many things and we have to find and seek meaning. And there are people, there are organizations uh, there are life coaches. Uh, this talk that we are having now on the show uh, is meant to help you. But find the meaning in your life again, you know, and start small with little things and and then build on that. Absolutely, you know, um, in the last last 24 hours, I've had two friends, one from the states, one from Israel. You know, WhatsApping me and going, "What's going on? Are you safe? Are you okay?" Um, you know, and I replied both of them, you know, yes, we're fine. And I, I, I tried to draw some perspective to the, to, to one of my friends. I actually sent some, um, photographs and WhatsApp messages that was received on, on the, on, on the community chats, you know, on the, 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 the residence groups 
of where people have really come together. They've gone and given food, for example, to the policemen and to those that were patrolling the areas, where people are collecting blankets and, and replenishing the SPCA. And I said, you know, despite the, the negativity, and that's all the, the, the news is looking at, there's the perspective that 90% of the people um, in this country, and, and I, I guess it's, you can say it for the whole world, are good people. People who are kind, people, you know, who want to support each other. And there's a tremendous amount of good happening, of kindness, of compassion. And, you know, the news isn't going to go zoom in and go and say, wow, look, there's three institutions now in the northeastern suburbs that gave away of their food. And, and, and volunteers that picked it up and went to the various police stations or, you know, community protection places and, and gave it to the people who are protecting us to say thank you. That they won't show on the news. They'll just show you of people, you know, writing and carrying away, you know, the fridge and, and, and freezer. And I think that's why perspective is so important. Absolutely, uh, El. And, you know, we know the law that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. It's to find and to find that good, you know, and to see that good. And the only way you can find it and see it is if you actually give it away. You know, Correct. If you give good, you'll find the good in your life. So for me, it's it's there are many well-wishing people, and you know, out of adversity will come positivity. Meaning that you know, perhaps this was needed to happen in our country as much as it's a terrible thing to say. You know, to bring us all together to for us to be stronger and to create a different future. Uh, you know, things were going, you know, there are many poor people. If we are still fortunate in a way to be able to live, to carry on working, um, and to have certain comforts within our daily lives. There are many people out there with lockdowns and with COVID and loss of jobs that are living from hand to mouth. And it's a powder keg, you know, waiting to explode. So we have to find within ourselves, as I said, that perspective, as you say, we have to find within ourselves in these deepest and darkest times uh, to figure out how do we come together as communities, how do we come together as South Africans, how do we build a better future, and how do we give in this time of need and support uh, as many people as we can, because we are, whether we like it or not, we are fortunate and are blessed in so many ways. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's let's move this a little bit now, just in terms from perspective to um, to the second idea um, that I wanted to talk about, and that is control. I think that um, a lot, certainly, I can talk in my life, and I, I would love listeners to to weigh in here. If you do have a comment or you have questions, three four five one nine. Um, is our SMS line 0618951019 our telegram number you know we think we're in control I think Faggy you and I had this conversation a lot uh, the other day absolutely you know, you know I, also I, I, so much of it is not only the control but the idea of nothing is um, we, we actually don't know what's going to happen next nothing is normal we don't have that routine that we usually have every single day and you know, with with so much other time on our hands and other stresses, it's it, it, that con- we we kind of want that control, but we don't we don't have it. Yeah, 
Like, can, can we talk to that Dr. Matara? Because like, I, I was saying, like, one of the things Peggy said, like, last week, just in the craziness, she went and, like, fixed up a house and, like, made things neat and did things because what, what need, we need to have, to have the need to be in control of something, you know, whereas I, I think that if one comes to a level of understanding, and I guess it is faith-based to, to a large extent, you know, that this world is much bigger than us, that there is, you know, a higher power, whether you wanted to call it God or any, anything else that you believe in, is running the world. And you can't control, I can't control a building falling down in Surfside. You know, I can't control right now the rights. What I can do is I can control my mind. I control, can control the space that I'm around, perhaps the sphere of influence in bringing, you know, a sense of stability. Those are the things I can control. And if everybody gave up the rest of the controls, we'd be happier people. You know, Adel, I think also when it comes to control, when it comes to what's going on, is we can control what we see. You know, if we're going to right. constantly look at the media and constantly look at the news mm. and constantly look at Instagram and all the photos and share all the crazy news that's going on out there, that's what's going to create much more anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, we have an individual con- consciousness and then you have a collective consciousness. And, you know, as much as that collective consciousness now is choosing this reality, and choosing how to react to this reality. All that we can do is, as you said, uh, is control how we respond rather than react to this reality. So remember that when we are faced with this emotion called fear, we are always reacting, reenacting, or recreating the same response to the same emotion. The events are different but we are always reacting in the same way. And the idea is to be able to, in the moment, rather than be reactive, to become creative and choose a different response of how we're going to respond rather than react. And if we're going to respond with love, with kindness and awareness, and probably more importantly, before you can do that to anybody else, You know, how do you respond to yourself first? How do you give yourself that love and kindness uh, to yourself first before you can give it away to somebody else? So it's tough, it's hard, it is not easy when we are faced with just so much and being bombarded with so much on every news channel. So take a step back, switch the TV off, you know, stop responding or stop reacting to the stuff on Instagram and Facebook and have a digital detox for a short while and go and spend some time with yourself, with your family and approach the entire situation from a point of love rather than from a point of fear. See the fear, observe the fear and then respond with love, kindness and awareness. Uh, That's absolutely wonderful and I think that uh, you know, I, I, as, as you were talking, I was thinking like what things actually like switch my mind from, from fear and anxiety, um, or, 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 you know, control of the unknown to a better space. For me, it's taking a walk or, you know, going on a hike or the other day uh, on take a lot, I ordered some diamond art, like doing anything arty, you know, any, anything creative or cooking or whatever like that actually like switches the hemispheres of the brain from 
that that place where yes you're being bombarded with with stuff to a place of wow you know you can breathe fresh air the trees are very happy that you know um, the, the, there's, 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 there's beauty outside in the world and, and you, you can find, um, skills inside of yourself perhaps that you didn't know that you, that you, you can learn and that actually helps switch this ability to say, I'm not in control, but I can, I can react better to the situation around me. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it's, you know, we are informed by the past, and but we're living always in the future, you know. And the problem with the future now more than ever is that it's more uncertain than it has ever been. I mean, we could never really predict the future. But, you know, as you said earlier, uh, Fadi, you know, we had a certain routine to our lives. It almost felt safe and predictable, you know. Whereas now we have total uncertainty about what this world is going to be like uh, next week, next month, let alone in a year or two years ahead. And all the plans that we have made about the future just now have become so much more uncertain. So the aim is to be able to be present, you know, accept every moment as it arrives in our lives as absolute perfection, number one. And number two is embrace the fear as much as we embrace the love and the positivity and the desire in our lives. And that's getting to a point of acceptance that every moment that arrives is absolutely perfect just the way that it is. And that we are blessed in so many ways in our life. So uh, for me, it's making a new choice. If you're not happy with the outcome of what is happening at the moment, then perhaps as a collective Start up as an individual, but perhaps as a collective, this will spur all of us on to choose a different reality that we would like to experience. So much I of it is also that trust, you know, and belief that might not come naturally to so many people, but we have to be able to learn how to do that. Absolutely. One of the things that, 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 you know, somebody brought to, to, to my attention, and I think it's going back now just to perspective, is that why is it, is there a physiology behind the fact that we tend to always look at the glass half empty as opposed to half full? Even with this COVID ep- epidemic, and I am by no means, by no means, like, you know, um, undermining it and scoffing it, but at the end, when you look statistically, I try, I, 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 I try to like make sense of it in my head, you know, 90 whatever, 95, 98% of people get better from it. But nobody concentrates on that. Everybody just concentrates on that 2% or 5% of the negativity of it. And again, I'm not undermining it, but why do we keep on losing that perspective? It's largely because of the way we were brought up, uh, Edel. You know, a baby is only born with two fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud, loud noises. Every other fear that we experience or have is a learned fear. Mm -hmm. So from the time we are little, we get told, don't sit there, you're going to fall and break your neck. You know, you go to school and everything is around fear. All the laws are created around fear. Many of the religions, uh, you know, are taught to us when we are younger from a point of fear that if you do this, you will be punished. If you do this, 
you're going to have your hand cut off. If you do this, you're going to hell. So we learn and we got our 10,000 hours mm-hmm. of always when a situation arrives to choose from a point of fear. And the system cannot fail of manifestation. You always get the outcome of your choices. Okay? So if you choose from a point of fear, you create you create that outcome. If you choose from a point of love and desire and inspiration, uh, you're going to create that outcome. So acceptance means that you cannot only love or accept the 50% of so-called or perceived good in our lives. We have to accept and love it all in every moment because only we get to choose. So yes, there is the idea and the concept of a collective choice or collective consciousness choosing. And we, it's very tough, but as an individual, it's how do you show up amongst all the other negativity and, and fear, and how do you be a beacon of light in that moment? This is a public service announcement from 101.9 High FM, not to instill fear, but recent events in South Africa has, have disrupted many industries, and some of these interruptions may affect the availability of groceries, fresh produce, and fuel. So if you are running low, remember to fill up, stock up, and replenish. And if I may add, just do it in a calm way. We'll be back shortly. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're discussing stress and how to 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 try find and uh, maintain an equilibrium or a better perspective. I think that we've uh, uh, explored the philosophical, and I think the philosophical is the basis of it all. Let's switch gears now and let's talk about some physical practices, a doctor that we can put into our lives that actually show physiologically that we can reduce our stress? I think we have to follow all the usual rules, right? Remember that whilst we are stressed, that stress does have uh, physical effects on our body. And if we are suffering from chronic conditions like diabetes or hypertension or anxiety, uh, this additional stress may make it worse. So one, you want to make sure you're looking after any chronic condition that you are struggling with and take your medication regularly. Number two, you want to get enough sleep in these times if that's possible. Uh, number three, don't forget to move even if you can't walk outside or you're scared to walk outside. You know, do something at home, some form of stretching, some form of movement. Some, you know, if you've got a stationary bike, cycle at home. Keep the body uh, moving. Uh, number three is take your supplements. Uh, today, which uh, to improve your immune system, which may include things like uh, vitamin D, which is very important. Uh, we know that people in the northern hemisphere where there's very little sun uh, and have low vitamin D suffer with higher levels of anxiety and depression. Spend 30 minutes of your day in the sun. Take a vitamin D supplement, take your omegas, um, take the vitamin C and keep your immune system strong. Eat healthy and don't forget that, you know, that's important as well during this time. So keep your physical body strong and pay attention to your physical body. Then you want to pay attention to your mind. And this is where 10 minutes of meditation has been shown in hundreds of studies 
now that you know it re- it will reduce the stress. Um, your, your blood pressure is better controlled. Your diabetes is better controlled. You're less likely to suffer with heart disease and so on. And perhaps more probably the most important exercise that you can do is to breathe in the right way. When we are stressed, we breathe very shallow in the upper part of our lungs. We cross our, fold our arms across our chest and the ribs don't get a chance to expand. And that aids in the anxiety and aids in the stress response in our body. So what we really want to do is lie down and breathe with your diaphragm, so to speak. As you take a deep breath in, push your diaphragm down, expand your tummy on the in, on the in breath. And as you breathe out, let your tummy fall back onto your spine. It will feel uncoordinated in the beginning, but focus on your breath. Uh, do that for a few minutes and then allow your breath to breathe you, so to speak. And you'll find that after that 10-minute exercise of breathing that way, you activate the anti-stress system, and that helps bring down the adrenaline levels, and we just feel so much more relaxed. So do the 10 minutes of breathing every day. Excellent. Um, just in terms of sleep, I think a lot of people are, are, are suffering from, from sleep. Can we talk a little bit around just in terms of a sleep routine? Because we know that when we sleep, that's when our health is restored. If we have terrible sleep, that just exacerbates like a rolling, you know, stone that gathers just more and more moss. Sure. So it's called good, develop a good sleep hygiene, um, in, you know, on your, on a daily basis. So what you want to do is you don't want to have coffee or alcohol or watch a horror movie before you're going to bed at night. Choose the time you want to go to sleep every night. So if that time of going to bed is, let's say, 11 o'clock at night, then at 10 o'clock at night, you want to start doing things to wind down and to relax. So do a little meditation, do a breathing exercise, switch the lights off because your body just doesn't make melatonin instantaneously. It takes a little bit of time for the pineal gland in our brain to start making some melatonin. So once you fall asleep, and some people have difficulty falling asleep, and some people fall asleep, but they get up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. The trick is not to switch the lights on, because the minute you switch the lights on, you're telling your brain that it is sunrise and you make less melatonin. So you want to almost lie there in the dark, breathe, meditate, slow everything down, calm everything down, and eventually you will fall asleep. But you have to create that rhythm in your body because all the other hormones that we make in our body are linked to the start time of melatonin. And if you're falling asleep at 8 o'clock one night and then 11 o'clock at another time and 2 o'clock in the morning, you push everything out. And that's when our body becomes unbalanced. So, so try and sleep more, go to sleep more or less at the same time every night. If you're having difficulty, then you can get hold, you can ask your doctor for some melatonin, and that also then aids in building that rhythm uh, in our body. How would you take that melatonin? Like, let's say, three nights in a row? 
Take it for as long as you need. So, as I said, you get different types of melatonin. You get the fast-acting one and you get a slow-release one. So, the slow-release one is for people who fall asleep but then have an interrupted sleep throughout the night. And then you get the rapid-acting one for people who can't fall asleep. So, a lot depends on, on what you, what's currently happening in your sleep pattern. And for me, if you take it for about two weeks, Try and fall asleep more or less at the same time. You'll try and create a, uh, you know, a pattern in your circadian rhythm. And then you could try come off the melatonin and see if you can fall asleep naturally. So remember that melatonin is not addictive like the sleeping pills. So uh, sleeping pills for you is really a no-no unless it's really, you know, something where, where a person is struggling a lot or is it like just not something... We should even go down. Like yeah, so I think, look, I mean, it's all an individual uh, thing. I think some people do need a sleeping pill. And if you know, you must be, if you're going to be using a sleep pill, plan on using it for a short period of time as a means to an end. Okay? Don't plan on thinking that you're going to need a sleeping pill for life because it's like alcohol. Eventually, you need more and more and more and more to help you sleep. So the first thing should be to identify the reasons why we are not sleeping. Is there anything in our physiology? Now, remember, we were talking about stress earlier. If you've got too much adrenaline floating around in your blood, your brain's not going to want you to sleep because it's looking for the lion. It thinks that you have to be, your body is in a state of alertness. So it wants to keep you awake. Uh, um, during, you know, if there's too much adrenaline floating around. So look at what your stress levels are. Look at your overall wellness and your overall well-being. Uh, this is where I say the techniques of breathing and meditation and mindfulness come in to bring that adrenaline down. Try the melatonin as a first um, step. And if that's not working, speak to your doctor and perhaps maybe you do need something to reduce your anxiety and to help you sleep. So it's, it's, it all just depends on, on how severe the problem is. We've also found that magnesium is a big help. Sorry, Adel. Go ahead. Magnesium and like a, like a salt bath. Yeah, magnesium also helps people sleep. You know, there's other natural supplements like 5-HTP and tryptophan, uh, which are the ingredients that make serotonin, which then makes the melatonin. But again, you know, you don't want to just be taking anything without discussing it with your doctor first. You're listening to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show, and this is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, we just got a message in from Sharon that says the doctor gives such good advice. Thank you. I started listening late. Well, it's never too late, Sharon. This uh, show gets podcasted and you're welcome to go onto the Chai FM website and you can listen from the start. We only have a couple of minutes left. I think just one one ingredient out of uh, um, all this stress management we're talking about, doctor, and that is if you can give just maybe a very short two-minute Tracy, about our food, because our food drives our stress levels too, don't they? Absolutely. So I think for me, you know, during these times, it's uh, it's the same rules that apply to our entire life. Uh, 
uh, in our diet is limit the amount of sugar, limit the amount of alcohol. I know many people just want to feel like they need a good drink, but uh, limit the amount of alcohol, limit the amount of sugar, eat, try and eat as healthy as possible and support your body and get the nutrition that you need. So, um, yeah, and avoid, you know, avoid many of the stimulants that may push up our adrenaline even more. So, you know, so any ephedrine, pseudoephedrine, anything with codeine, anything with caffeine in, you know, exacerbates that adrenaline response. So we want to try and reduce uh, and limit the body's ability to make this excess adrenaline, which is then going to, you know, cause all the symptoms and the fear and the anxiety that many people are feeling. I think, Doctor, if we could bottle a, a tablet called Common Sense, we'd make a lot of money. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for, for your common sense and for your direction. There you have it. Um, just really common sense things, and it really is in our hands and in our power always, uh, you know, to, to, to create, uh, you know, the way we see the world and how we react. Um, and it is. If whatever it is you give out to the world, the world gives back to you. So go out there, do an act of random kindness. Uh, be kind to yourself. Be kind to the people around you. And uh, hopefully, we will. This too shall pass, and we will see better days. Thank you, doctor, for your time. Thank you so much, Adel and Fadi, as always. And please stay safe, everybody. And um, you know, I think you said it perfectly, Adel. You know, is be yes. kind to yourself first. Thank you. And thank you, Faggy, always. You're a star. Thank you, Adel. Thank you so much, Dr. Matara, as always. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day further. Bye.